But happiness as a whole is something we all need to sort of have a uh, sort of an intrinsic look at, you know, are we happy? If not, why not? Are we in a state of peace? If not, why not? With a vegetarian diet, if you're going to go vegetarian, you have to make sure that you're getting a complete amino acid score. There are essential and non-essential amino acids. And the essential amino acids are what your body can't get from itself. That jurisdiction of the sheriff is really the most powerful guard and protector of the rights of the people than any other institution our founders created here in these United States of America through our constitutional republic. is happiness well happiness varies from person to person and that's something that oftentimes people seek to discover or find so let's talk just a little bit about what is happiness and what defines it well happiness for me is being married to her and vice versa <laughs> How about being that married one, man? to him that was a good one to start <laughs> with now happiness is really um it's more than just a state of mind it's a state of self right it's it's emotional it's physical, it's spiritual, it could be even financial. Mm -hmm. It's all those things wrapped up. We've got to remember that happiness is more than just an emotion. It's, it's, it's sort of a, a place of peace as opposed to a place of upset or a place of chaos. Yeah, so the, there's a balance of emotions, the feeling of feeling joyful, elated, thrilled, um, excited. And then there's also this feeling of satisfaction yeah. that may be bring happiness. And that satisfaction may be with family. It may be with life endeavors. It might be with sports or athletic mm -hmm. achievements. Yeah. So think achievement, think uh, conquest, think victory, think um, um, something you have like a possession can make you happy or pr produce the emotion of happiness. Well, I remember in time though, that if the happiness is not sort of driven intrinsically the extrinsic or the outside in sort of motivation of happiness is sort of temporary. You know, like um, we talk about this with employees all the mm -hmm. time, right? So employees can be motivated in both ways. You can be motivated by money, which would be extrinsic, or you can be motivated by the achievement you have inside, which is intrinsic. Like you, you achieve something within that makes you uh, do really well at your job. And, but, but happiness as a whole is something we all need to sort of have a uh, sort of an intrinsic look at, you know, are we happy? If not, why not? Are we in a state of, state of peace? If not, why not? Yeah. So good points. So signs of happiness, they may vary from person to person. And there are a lot of different keys that might um, emulate someone is actually happy, like feeling like you're living the life that you always wanted. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, I was doing a broadcast the other night live, you know, it's like, you know, what makes you happy? And I think probably some of the things that 
make me happy is being able to see other people um, achieve something that they couldn't or thought they couldn't do. And we had a hand in seeing them do that. And to see that their deemed impossibility is now actually a reality, that that's kind of makes me happy. And then obviously when, um, you know, when you tell me I'm a good husband, that makes me happy. <laughs> when God affirms how much he loves me, that makes me happy, right? Yeah. So other things like some people like to just go with the flow and they're, they have this willingness to take life as it comes. So different than the person that is highly motivated to yeah. an achievement to bring happiness. Well, some people are uh, risk takers. Some people are risk averse. And so, you know, it's, it, everybody's different. And, and I think uh, a neurotransmitter that probably would be related to this is the neurotransmitter called dopamine. Now, dopamine is this thing that's produced and it's excitability. It's like everybody would understand like the uh, dopamine rush or the runner's high or the workout high or the achievement high. Sometimes that neurotransmitter is congruent with uh, the emotion of happiness. And so I think that you know, when we look at that, we've got to think about activities that also promote the generation of dopamine, which would generate achievement, which would generate uh, at least a, a internal happiness. So that would be like living a life uh, that uh, is giving you meaning or purpose. Right. I mean, purpose, if you're not living your purpose, you probably know it. And if you're not living your purpose, you're not on purpose. But everybody's life has a purpose. And so are we fulfilling our purpose? And if we're not, there's and we know it, there's going to be a feeling of uh, uncertainty or, or a feeling of, of loss or lack in your body. So this whole idea of purpose needs to be pushed all the time. So we need to be checking ourselves and in the sense that, am I doing what brings me fulfillment? If I'm not, how can I change it to where it will? And if that doesn't work, maybe I need to consider doing something else. Yeah. Well, and if that internal happiness is there, there should be a sense of wanting to share that happiness with everybody else. Well, there should be. I mean, I think of a, a simple, um, again, back to a biblical concept, the good news, the good news of the gospel. You know, If that's good news and that makes us happy that we've got good news to share, we ought to share it. And so when we have something to share that makes us happy, we typically share it with other people. So we got to think about even in our interactions with people, what kind of information, what kind of conversations are we sharing with them? Does our information that we share produce happiness? Does it show happiness? Does it generate happiness? Or is it the opposite? Because, you know, I think they're both addictive. You know, you can get addicted to one side, you can get addicted to the other. You could be addicted to happiness, which I think is a good addiction. Or you can be addicted to chaos, which is probably not good. I'd rather be addicted to happiness and sadness. Oh, no doubt, man. You, or grief. Oh, but people are like that, you know. And so, but I'm not saying be overly, you know, false happy. I'm saying that, you know, to be honest about it, but we need to look at our own lives. Are we fulfilling our purpose? And are we truly living a life that produces the happiness within inside of us? Well, and then once we reach that point, living a life with true happiness, does, wouldn't that bring a sense of gratitude? I think so. I think um, gratitude is one of the things that we should be living with, you know, um, every day. Thankfulness, gratitude, uh, satisfaction, contentment, or really need to think about how we are living those things. It's okay to want more, but it's not okay to want more and not be content with what you have. That's a good point. You know, because you can always be driving for something really else, point. but not be happy with what you have. And so you then take it for granted. And that's not okay. That's like the idea that grass is always green on the other side. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's artificial turf. 
Yeah. So last question is, how is happiness then different from gratitude? Happiness, again, is a state of mind and a state of heart and a state of being. Gratitude is really a recognition of the good things that have been in your life, are in your life, or will be in your life. A little bit different, but I think that they go together hand in hand. I think to exhibit happiness, you probably have to understand some gratitude. And to have some happiness and gratitude together, and they go together, I think they almost fuel the fires of each other. Well, and happiness seems to me to be the opposite of anger. Happiness would have great effects on physical health, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. So to steal a line from the Jamaican friends, don't worry, be happy, man. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. There's a lot of talk these days about human enhancement. Terms like biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, and anti-fragility. In our clinic, the Functional Medical Institute, we've been helping people of all shapes, sizes, and backgrounds improve their quality of their physiology and maximize their lives. So, you can follow the latest fads and gimmicks and maybe find some things that work for you. Or you can add kingdom fuel to your daily regimen right now. It's the simple start to a transformed life. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber with 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fats and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. No gimmicks, just proven results. Start today at Sherwood.tv forward slash fuel. Hey there, Kevin Sorbo here. Now, deep down, we know this. We're, we're more than just a brain and a body. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and we're also a physical temple. If you hit the wall when you're trying to improve one aspect of your being, it's probably because, well, other aspects are sabotaging our success. So that's why diets don't work. And frankly, why so much conventional wisdom from our so-called medical establishments falls flat. Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood have a very different approach. I should know because I happen to be one of their patients. They address the whole person to get to know you, your challenges, and more importantly, what your goals are. Then they offer a complete plan that addresses your unique biology and your heart. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. So find out more 
at sherwood.tv slash sorbo. That's sherwood.tv slash sorbo or see the link before. Now I'm heading for a workout. You should be going for a workout too. All right, guys. God bless. Very oftentimes, patients will come into the clinic and ask different questions about vegetarianism versus the meat type of nutritional protocol or dietary intake. And of course, with clinical experience over the last 20 years, I have a lot of experience on um, how to guide them to the plan that's going to work the best for them. But from your perspective, what have you seen? Well, I, I think that... Um Vegan has benefits because we start eating plants. Um, most people today, as a common general theme, don't eat enough plants, and that becomes a problem. You know, like America's you know style of eating is we'll take a plate, right? Fifty percent of it will be meat over here, and then we might have a little dollop of small spoonful of of like uh, some type of veggie and we call it i ate my veggie or might have a couple of green beans over there and say i ate my green beans but when reality was the whole plate was dominated by meat um so people that go vegan sometimes they do it for the following reasons they do it for uh, religious reasons i've seen that before and some people do it because they feel like that um they don't want to eat at the price of a dead animal that's like right. That. So, the cruelty to, to cruelty to animals here is a big one. I get it. You know, I can see it. But the bottom line is people should eat more plants, but I don't think they should avoid meat because they they miss like iron and they miss B12 and things like that and miss omega-3s. I see those short like almost every time. And can you supplement that into a vegan diet? Yes, you can. And then one other issue with the vegan diet that I see is people eat too many of those grains because that's not plants, and they end up using it to be, and it causes them to gain weight. So they become nutrient deficient and gain weight, which is not a good combination. So you, the, the, I, I tried to go vegetarian in my young years way back, and being an athlete with as much exercise as I was doing at the time, I was exercising about two hours a day. Mm. I, I lost my nails, my skin became really dry, yeah. my hair started to fall out. So I, I realized very quickly that with a vegetarian diet, if you're going to go vegetarian, you have to make sure that you're getting a complete amino acid score. There are essential and non-essential amino acids. And the essential amino acids are what your body can't get from itself. You've right. got to get them from the outside. You have to consume them. So you have to food combine very, very diligently to be healthy on a vegetarian diet. Yeah. And, you know, we've we taken that into account when we talked about our kingdom fuel, right? Because it's got a complete amino acid score. We've had That's to right. construct that and thing it's together. It's a pea protein. It's a pea protein. So... I get it. So if, if you've, you're out there and you've heard about our kingdom fuel, obviously it is a vegan, right? It, it would be considered a keto-friendly too as well. But the, the point being is we've tried to factor that in, but we, we believe as a whole that eating meat is not a bad thing. But if your conscience is one that says it's a bad thing, fine. That's still okay. But you got to supplement at least, you know, the omega-3s, um, 
perhaps a good multivitamin mineral, definitely a, a B vitamin. You got to have that in there as well. Yes, there's also individuals that call themselves lacto-ovo-vegetarians. They consume dairy. Yeah. And they consume eggs. There's a pesco-polo-vegetarian, <laughs> and they eat fish and shellfish yeah. as well as chicken. There's the flexitarian where they eat mostly plants as well as an occasional serving of meat. And there's an, arm, an omnivore, someone who consumes a, a mix of both animals and plants. Now, the person who consumes an all-meat diet that goes completely away from vegetarian is now on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, they're calling it the carnivore diet now or the lamb diet where meat is the only option. What we know about that is that long-term... The gut or the gut microbiome actually needs fiber to survive. And so there's no yeah. fiber in just a meat diet. So there's got to be a balance of both somewhere, somehow. And with the nutritional intake that you're taking in, you have to make sure that you're getting all of the micronutrients, the macronutrients, the phyto phytonutrients that are and the fiber that is in the plant world as well as the meat world to do a body good. Well, and... You know, I get it. People may prefer meat. They may prefer veggies more. I get that. But ultimately, this is our advice to you is don't do either one of them. Have a balanced diet. And if you want to go down the pathway of mostly meat or mostly plants, get with a professional like us or someone like us that knows what they're doing so we can make sure you don't get nutrient deficient. That's a really key thing right there, I think, with all this. I mean, the way people like to eat today, I'm one to say don't diet at all. Just eat natural foods. You know, if you see it walking on the ground like uh, or, or swimming in the, in the ocean or the, the, the brook or the pond and walking in the forest, maybe running through the trees or flying above head, it's probably going to be something you can eat, right? But if it's not, it's probably not good. So I think people get overly hung up in all that mess and try to make something right for everybody. And it's not right for everybody. People have their own choice and preferences with that. And you can work with that. It doesn't have to be all vegan and all, you know, meat. It can be, you can do both, right? But you just got to find out how to make sure you're supplementing and adding to it so that it can be complete. Like you mentioned, the complete amino acid profile. It's got to be complete. That's right. And if you're wondering if you're getting the right nutrients, we can help. Go to Sherwood.tv. You can find out how we can help you do a body good. You mentioned Kingdom Fuel. Oh, yeah. Kingdom Fuel is like a complete meal. It's a plant-based protein with a complete amino acid score, multivitamin and mineral. It's got the greens and the reds in there and a little yeah. bit of fiber. So Kingdom Fuel does a body good. We also do very uh, extensive specialty testing, right? Oh, we do yeah. some really cool micronutrient testing. testing. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering if you might be missing some of those amino acids or some of those micronutrients like vitamin A, vitamin B, B12, zinc, those nutrients, if you are vegetarian, if you need to supplement, supplement or get more, we can help you get that done. Mm -hmm. What does our Constitution really mean? Find out next with our constitutional attorney expert, Chris Amholt. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. 
We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Sherwood. We have a brand new documentary out called Noncompliant to the Sheriff. Now, our first documentary, Noncompliant, and our second documentary, Noncompliant 2, are both available at noncompliantmovie.com. The first documentary is all about the duty and the role of the state to be a check and balance on the federal government, state and local government. So if you haven't seen that yet, let me please recommend that you go to noncompliantmovie.com and watch the first documentary available to you at no cost. It is going to be life-changing. And we have hundreds of thousands of five-star reviews and people all over the world sending us messages about how this message is so life-changing. And it's a global message because, you know, really, it's about your inherent rights. It's about why government is designed to, for one purpose, the purpose is to secure your rights and how our founders put together our governments in order to retain the power by the people to be a check and balance on government through state and local government. And from that, we were inspired to create noncompliant to the sheriff. Now, I have been for oh my gosh, uh, nearly a decade traveling around the country te teaching sheriffs and deputies a three-hour continuing education course all about the role and the duty of the sheriff, the history of the sheriff, the sheriff's role and duty to secure our rights, not to violate them. We have a whole section on uh, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, what our sheriffs and their deputies need to know not to be sued and then we have a section on the jurisdiction of the sheriff, which is so incredibly important. That jurisdiction of the sheriff is really the most powerful guard and protector of the rights of the people than any other institution our founders created here in these United States of America through our constitutional republic. 
And it's from that course that I had Sheriff saying, telling me, this is inspirational. What you've taught us in these three hours is just simply life-changing. As a matter of fact, I've taught this at big conferences where I taught the sheriffs of 17 states all at one time. And I had sheriffs coming up to me immediately before I even got off the stage saying, I've been on the phone changing policies already based on what we learned from you. And we thought to ourselves, you know what? We need the people to know this information. We need the people to know this, number one, so that they can make sure the candidates they have for sheriff know the proper role and duty of the sheriff so we can be sure to have constitutionally minded sheriffs. Number two, because if you have a constitutional sheriff, if the body of the people are not in support of that sheriff, that sheriff cannot be who they want to be and who they're required to be. And number three, it empowers sheriffs who already have that inclination. In a world that is full of propaganda like defund the police and all all of our law enforcement is evil. You see it all over the news. You see wicked politicians propagating this stuff. We knew we had to create noncompliant to the sheriff to show people what's really happening at the level of the sheriff that the media will not show you. There are sheriffs all over America who are standing up in defiance of unconstitutional laws and orders and edicts in defense of the property rights of the people. And they've been doing this for years, but the politicians and the media do not want you to know this. They do not want you to know what sheriffs are doing successfully regularly to stand for people's rights because this is how government's supposed to really, really work. Now, what we do with non-compliant too is we take two real life situations, two events that actually happened. A sheriff, uh, I'm sorry, a pastor who refused to shut down his church over COVID and a sheriff who arrested him for it. And a pastor who refused to shut down for COVID and a sheriff who said, I'll go to jail to keep you open. And how this two incidents actually impacted and changed their states and even all of these United States all boiled down to what a sheriff would or would not do. This film is brand new, available at noncompliantmovie.com only right now. Uh, pretty soon we're going to make it available on DVD. So maybe by the time you see this, it will be available on DVD at noncompliantmovie.com. But this, uh, we're already getting messages about how this is life-changing. And to be honest, if you share this with your sheriff, your sheriff might be one who has watched this movie and come back to us and asked us to come and train their deputies. Noncompliantmovie.com. It will be life-changing. Yeah.